the Chavat Chaim now addresses two other possible reasons why people refrain from chesed. There's a very natural reaction when we get like a letter in the mail, uh, an email blast about some urgent need. We think, I'm sure the rich people out there will take care of this. We don't feel like it's our problem. When there's chasadim that need to be done, their volunteers are needed for either for a bikr chaylem, for a tahara, to help with a uh, organizational dinner, or your school needs volunteers for whatever other chesed they want, or many other chasadim. We tend to think, eh, let someone else do it. I'm not the only person here in this city. And this is particularly the case when we actually have someone in mind that according to our sense of justice, that person should be the one doing this, taking care of this. That's really their issue. The Chavaz Chaim says that this is wrong simply because how can we know that the other person will indeed take care of the issue? Who says the rich people will donate to this? We can never rely on other people to absolve ourselves from a communal, a communal problem. Now, the truth is that the tendency is that no one does anything. And only a few people, the people who feel responsible and do everything, are the ones who end up taking care of, the, of any of these issues. And their mindset is a true chesed mindset. Their mindset is, if there's a chesed needing to be done, if there's a person in need, if there's a family suffering, we have to do something about it. We can't just leave them, and they do. And the truth shines through. In every city I've lived in, there usually are only a select few people who seem to be seem to end up on the front forefront of every chesed initiative. And this is invariably because everybody else thinks, like the Chafetz Chaim is describing, the Yetzirah's plan B, which is, it's not your problem. Someone, quote-unquote, will take care of it. The Chavaz Chaim quotes a tshuva of the Ridvaz who discusses a poor person who had very rich relatives, but those relatives just didn't want to support him. And apparently the city was trying to figure out are they obligated to take him on as their responsibility to support where he has relatives that are halachically obligated to support him. So the Ridvaz says that it's true. These relatives are halachically obligated to help him because of the concept of don't abandon your own flesh and blood, and the concept of your brother comes first. But since they chose not to fulfill their obligation, does this poor person have to starve? If the relative totally abandoned her mitzvahs, would we say that it's too bad for this guy? Let him try to get money from them? Obviously, the obligation to support poor people is everyone's obligation. If the relatives give money, fine. But if not, we are all obligated. And that's the point the Chavaz Chaim is making, is that you can never rely on anybody else. And we have no right to rely on anybody else. The last idea that the Chavaz Chaim um, discusses in this chapter is when people refrain from doing chesed because they have been burnt before. Now, the most classic case is when you loan someone money and that person didn't pay back. And now people tend to become very reluctant to lend anyone money in fear of being burnt again. Now, it's not limited to that case because there are many chasadim that people feel the same way about, that they extended a chesed to some person and that person ended up, you know, like no good deed goes unpunished. 
And somehow, as a result, not only did the person hurt you, or the person hates you, or the person resents the chesed, and all these kind of things, it happens to everybody, it's an inevitable thing. It's clearly an atzase yetzer, it's an esayin for us, and the truth is that a person is entitled to take precautions. And in the, say in the case of lending, he can demand a collateral or, or whatever other method works for him to feel safe. But to totally withdraw and justify the withdrawal from this tremendous mitzvah simply because of one or even two experiences which were bad and were clearly done through bad people is also the handiwork of the Yetzirah. It's his plan to try to get a person to abandon this mitzvah. And when anything goes wrong, that's what will happen. He'll, he'll push that straight at you and say, oh, you know, you t- I told you you shouldn't do this. Look, you did this. All you did was you lost because of it. This can't possibly be a mitzvah and so on and so forth. And that's also, we have to identify that as the, the plan of the Yetzirah.